0: The Unveiled Podcast. We discuss all things related to women to help us think Christianly in every area of life. My name's Sandy and I'm here with Susie. We both have a passion to bring gospel reform to womanhood, to families, and to all of life. I have a background in education and music, and Susie's training is in biblical counseling, theology, and ministry to women. Susie and I have been friends and have served at our local church for over 20 years together. And Susie, I thought before we get into the podcast, um, that we could just briefly give an update. Since our last podcast, you were expecting your first grandchild, and I thought maybe we could just take a few minutes and
1: and give us an update. What's going on? Sure. Well, it's very exciting to be able to talk about it because having a grandbaby really is a very precious thing. And uh, so, yes, our grandson was born on uh, December 27th, and he was a boy. We didn't know that last time we were talking, but he was born and there he was, just a gorgeous uh, little baby boy. I was so proud of my daughter and all that she went through and how she persevered through the labor and just gave me just an awe both of, of God and how he's designed women to be able to give birth. It's an amazing process. I've been through it five times myself, but being able to watch her just gave me a whole new insight of what actually happens. And that was really cool. And that was just an amazing way to just remember that God has made our bodies to be able to give birth, to give life and to be fruitful. And then of course, um, I was also just proud of her and her strength to, to endure and to persevere and was a reminder that she's going to be a great mom, and God has God has equipped her. God has brought her to this point, prepared her to be a mom to little Valor. That's his name. We didn't know what they were going to call their baby. We didn't even know what what gender he was going to be. Um, and so when he was born, and they announced that his name was Valor, I just thought, how amazing, how fitting to call their son Valor at a time like this, where we really are focused on raising strong courageous children that's what valor means to be courageous and to uh, have bravery and I know my daughter and son-in-law they are wanting to raise a son who is a follower of Jesus Christ and who will be a bold courageous leader and influencer in 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 life and so we're we're very thankful we've enjoyed having him around and both are doing well, both are healthy and strong and recovering, right? So yeah, that's that was our excitement just after Christmas and definitely an enjoyable way to finish the year, to begin the year, and just remember that God is merciful and good from one gen- generation to the next, to those who are faithful to him. And so it's a call once again, even as grandparents, to remain faithful and to be steadfast and to... to um, share and to uh, continue what God has done in our life, and to to uh, impress that onto the next generation. So, yeah, the the joy just continues, and it's uh, a great responsibility. I'm glad it's not all on me. I'm glad the Lord is there to continue to give grace and to give wisdom. And as He does, I just want to be faithful to pour that forth. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: And enjoy those baby snuggles whenever oh, yeah. you can. That's great. Thank you for the update. I'm excited for you. Well, um, in our reboot episode, we discussed that men and women are created in the image and likeness of God, each reflecting God's character. We're created equally in God's image, meaning that we're equally important and valuable to him, but created for different roles. And when we think about how to be a godly woman, our obvious example from scripture is from Proverbs 31, And today we want to look at Proverbs 31 verse 10. And it says an excellent wife who can find she is far more precious than jewels. And I know I've read this verse many, many times, and I don't think I've ever really paused to break down specifically what that means. Proverbs 31 describes a woman who seems like the ultimate goal for a Christian woman who's looking to get married or who is married. But when I've read this, it seems pretty unattainable. Um, Today we just want to look at verse 10 specifically and examine who this woman is and how we can strive to be more like her. So Susie, can you help us to dig in to what makes this wife excellent?
1: Yes, absolutely. I think the first thing we have to do is to make sure that we are getting our information from God and His Word and not from media. And let's also remember that all women, regardless of whether they're married or not, want to strive for this excellence they want to be excellent women um, so what I did is uh, I did a Google search for the most excellent women in the world and the first thing I noticed that it didn't give me any excellent women but rather it changed the word excellent to powerful so what I found was the most powerful woman of 2022 it was interesting that the world deems power to be excellent Mm. and what is power the document on forbes.com gave me four metrics that they used to determine who the most powerful women were and of course they declared money media impact and spheres of influence that's how they determined who the most powerful women would be and um, what they what they said was that one of the uh, storylines of the women of 2022 were women who were stalwarts of democracy. Uh, first thing I thought is the democracy they're fighting for is not the same democracy I'd be fighting for. And in fact, very quickly in this document is stated that American women suffered the greatest reversal of rights in the two decades Of the list when the Supreme Court limited the right to an abortion. Sadly from that it seems like their main concern and their main um, view of being powerful is a woman who has her own personal rights. An excellent woman is one who will fight for her own personal rights regardless of the impact on others. And it's such a selfish motivation. It's it's so self-centered, and it, it was it's kind of sad. And I think it's meaningless. I think it's it's empty. It leaves emptiness there because it's completely opposite to what God deems as excellent. And so let's look at what God's word says. And we already uh, read verse um, thirty-one or Proverbs thirty-one verse 10 and it describes an excellent woman uh, as someone to be desired after. Uh, some translations will use the word noble character. And so I decided to look up what this actually means. And in the he- I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I looked it up and it says that this word actually means strength or capability, skill, And interestingly enough, Hmm. valor, and of course, I just mentioned that I have a grandson named Valor, so that was pretty cool. Uh, It can also include um, wealth, which um, all of these things are not bad things, and some of these things might initially even sound similar to the list that Forbes.com put out, but the godly woman, the biblical woman, her strength, her capability, her skill, her valor, and sometimes even her wealth. That is rooted in God and who he is. It is not a power from within. And that is one of the major differences uh, between a wife or a woman of noble character and a woman who is powerful mm-hmm. according to what the world deems to be powerful. And it's interesting as well that in, um, in verse 10 there, it talks about the wife of noble character is one who is like a precious jewel And you had already said, Sandy, that it can be kind of overwhelming to read this list of of noble characteristics in Proverbs 31. And I think most women feel a little bit insecure afterwards thinking, oh, wow, like I'm really missing the mark or I still have a long way to go. And we can often focus on that. But if we think about the woman of noble character, an excellent wife, that she is like a rare jewel. Uh, If we understand how jewels are made particularly diamonds Uh, a diamond is formed when carbon deposits are put deep within the earth and they are put under extreme pressure and temperature and so diamonds aren't just formed that way they don't just happen that way by the snap of a finger it takes sometimes days and sometimes years but they're formed because of extreme pressure. And so as women, if we are striving to be excellent women, I just encourage all of you to take heart. Don't get discouraged. You will become an excellent woman of valor and strength over time. If you haven't arrived yet, don't fret. Just remain steadfast and be prepared that you will endure pressure. In other words, you will have some trials and tribulations. Excellent women aren't just born excellent, they become excellent through Jesus Christ and his transforming work. And so maybe to help us to understand a little bit more what it means to be an excellent wife, I I wanted to just uh, look at some scriptures that talk about what uh, an excellent wife is not. And so first of all, an excellent wife is not a weak woman. And if we look at Proverbs 19, 13, and even Proverbs 21, uh, 9, and 19, and even 25, verse 24, these verses all talk about the quarreling woman and how she is, um, in in verse 19, verse 13, it talks how she is like a constant dripping. And it was interesting to me when I looked that up in the commentary it said that it's not just about being irritating because a constant dripping can be irritating. But uh, this is maybe where maybe men often think differently than women do because we just think that's an irritating thing. But men tend to think about it a little bit deeper than that. So I, I appreciated this commentator uh, gave me some insight that I wouldn't have necessarily thought of. But he said a constant dripping is actually the cause of structural damage. Right? And I, I think if we think about it that way – um, if we are a quarrelsome person, if we always find something to fight about or to nag about or to argue about or uh, to correct every little thing and we become quarrelsome, it's not just about us being irritating and people just need to learn to put up with that. No, we can actually cause damage. And I think many women have maybe had good intentions and mm-hmm maybe even thought they were doing the biblical thing but because they became quarrelsome rather than building up their family rather than building up their home they actually caused structural damage to their home and so I think we need to take this very very seriously Uh, Proverbs talks many times about the damage and the irritation of a, a quarrelsome wife and so if any of us lean in that direction if we are quick to be a nag quick to argue quick to correct and uh, always find the negative in in life we need to work on that we need to be very diligent in overcoming that so that we don't cause structural damage to our our homes Uh, another thing that uh, the excellent woman is not is fretful And that comes out in Proverbs 21. Uh, That's an interesting one because I think sometimes we as women let ourselves off the hook for being worried, right? That's just kind of who we are. We worry about our children. We worry about our husbands. We worry about, you know, safety. And there's a lot of things that we tend to worry about. Um, And we say, well, it's because we're more sensitive or more emotionally connected or whatever it might be. And, you know, I, I think our, our sensitivities, God God has given our sensitivity to us. He has given us our emotions and our ability to be compassionate. But if if those things turn into being fretful, that's actually a negative thing. And once again, we shouldn't excuse ourselves for it because we are women. If we are fretful women, we need to learn to trust in the Lord and to find our strength in him and to gain control over that rather than letting our worry control us and uh one one of the verses verse um, proverbs 12 verse 4 actually uh described it as um a woman that is like these things is like rottenness in his bones and rottenness would be very painful and maybe even incurable And if we understand that being that type of a woman, a quarrelsome, a fretful woman is that destructive and that painful, I hope that would be motivation to make the necessary changes so that we are no longer That woman, but that we actually strive for excellence. So, what is excellence? Who is the excellent woman? How can we strive towards her? And I know you have some more questions, but just very quickly, I just want to, um, in opposition to what she is not, just say she is a woman who fears the Lord. And to me, the best description that I can uh, come up with for a woman who fears the Lord is one who is both surrendered and worshipful. So, she Uh, worships the lord he is her god he is above all else she has high and lofty thoughts of him and then she's also surrendered she's willing to obey him and to do whatever he asks her to do in other words she's obedient to the lord Uh, and all of this a woman who fears the lord the result of that would be a wise woman and um she will be excellent, she will be a crown, a jewel, she will be prudent, she shows care for the future. And uh, so with that, I think that is um, what we can focus on. An excellent woman is one who fears the Lord. just wanted to go back once again to the definition of the word excellent. And the original word, it it, um, comes with the intent of meaning strength meaning capability, skill, and valor, those are not signs of a weak woman. Those are stri- signs of an um, incredibly um, strong woman who is finding her strength and her, her source of excellence in the Lord. Mm.
0: I find it so interesting that when you when you typed it into Google about an excellent wife, it changed what you were even looking for and change it to powerful and just how um, just how opposite the world standard is for women versus God's standard and just how important it is for us to go to God's word and to seek this out. Um, yeah, very interesting. So I know we had touched on it a little bit about a jewel. Um, she is far more precious than jewels and You know, at first glance, a jewel is something that seems delicate and beautiful, but really it can stand the forces of nature and not crumble. And when I read that she is far more precious than jewels, I picture a woman who stands out among her peers, even other Christians, especially she stands out to her husband. What do you think are some qualities that make this woman really unique and able to withstand storms?
1: Well, I think she's a woman who knows who she is and she knows her God. She has that proper fear towards God and proper worship. Her worship is directed towards him and not towards herself or to other people. And she also knows that she will face trials. She doesn't run from them, but she leans into the Lord to get her through them and we already talked about how a diamond is formed, and it's formed under extreme pressure and and uh, temperature. And I think we need to keep that in mind, because once again, an excellent woman is not just born that way. It, it takes time, and it takes enduring through hardship. And I thought of a, a couple of verses, passages of scripture that talk about this, and I think we all appreciate these scriptures. Many of us are probably familiar with these scriptures, but we don't necessarily like it when we're going through it ourselves. But... If you want to become an excellent woman, you have to embrace this and accept this. Romans 5, 3 to 5 says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so we see here that the Holy Spirit has been given to us and through that our shame has been removed and therefore we can rejoice in our suffering because we know that our suffering will actually help us to become more like Christ And then in James 1, verses 2 to 5, once again, it sounds very similar. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete lacking in nothing. And so if we want to become those women of excellence, we have to be willing to to go through these trials and not to grumble through them, not to quarrel through them, not to fret through them, but to consider it joy. And we can find joy in our suffering when we know that it's actually going to be for God's glory and for our ultimate good. We want to be people who have strong faith but our faith is developed as we go through trials we want to be people who persevere and don't give up but we have to actually practice that in order to attain it and and then when we do James says we will be mature and complete locking in nothing and uh, so if we want to be those kind of women we have to endure now a few things that I thought about things that are more practical, if we are going to actually learn from our mistakes, we have to be teachable, meaning that we don't just feel sorry for ourselves or we don't excuse the things that we're going through or try to justify them, but we learn from them. We have to be women who are always willing to develop. We don't just remain satisfied with who we are but we're always developing. We're developing in character, we're developing in godliness, we're developing in wisdom. But from the definition of valor, I think we're also developing in our skills, right? We we shouldn't be ashamed to become better at what we do. And so Sandy, you're a musician, musician, and so there's no shame in saying I want to become better. Like you're an excellent musician already, but you want to become better. Uh, for myself, I want to always be growing and developing. I want to become better at counseling. Just because I've taken some courses and have a degree and certification doesn't mean I've arrived. I want to become more um, equipped. I want to be better at what I do. I want to be better at speaking and at teaching. I want to be better at loving my children and, and honoring my husband. Uh so we're always developing, and part of developing is being willing to admit when we're wrong. And I think as women, we have to be willing to do that. Sometimes we are very quick to consider ourselves the victim, or um, we excuse not learning from things or admitting that we're wrong because of the low self-esteem that many women have and how sensitive we might feel. Um but no, let's be women who are willing to admit when we're wrong. And let's be courageous women. Let's be women that are full of valor. And with courage comes wisdom. Uh, if we're just courageous, we might end up saying a lot of things that aren't very wise. And we've all met women like that. And maybe we've all been uh, been there where we've been courageous, but maybe lacked some wisdom. So let's continue to grow in wisdom as well and uh, we could look at another passage actually if we continued with James 1 there we would find that if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask of God and so let's be women who are developing our skills growing in our um, courage but also asking the Lord to give us more wisdom and more wisdom will come as we look to him and as we fear him as we obey him submit to him uh, wisdom will will grow and develop as well and so yeah those are a few ways that I think we can be unique women who are able to withstand the storms of life because they will come and you and I were just talking uh just before we started here how even today we know of, of a woman who's going to be going through an extreme blessing in her life while another is going through a, very difficult time and uh, sometimes we'll have a day where we have both we have a a day of blessing and not moments later there's something difficult or challenging that comes our way and uh, so we have to be prepared for both let's um, do both well let's not try to minimize or avoid all conflict or all trials no actually the trials will help us to become that excellent woman that god is calling us to
0: Mm. Yeah that's good. Um, it says in Proverbs 12 verse 4 an excellent wife is the crown of her husband and I'm actually pretty curious what this means. How, how can we as women be the crown of our husband? How can we strive to be more like that?
1: Well I think um, there's a few things. One of the things I think is that we know our role to honor him And that our goal is to be more concerned about honoring him than seeking honor for ourselves. I think that's the opposite of what our world does. Our world has um, actually gone so far as to completely minimize the roles of men in many ways. And has diminished manhood and sought to completely raise and elevate women Uh, But that's not our role as, as women. A godly wife, an excellent woman, is there to, first of all, honor the Lord and then bring honor to those around her. And if she's married, she seeks to honor him more than she desires honor for herself. And this will look different in different situations. I thought about my role as a woman who is married to a pastor. So my goal is to let him to lead Uh, my goal is to let him shine and be a man of influence even though I too am in ministry and I'm on staff at our church I still believe that as a, a a wife my my role is to yield to him and to first and foremost honor him and let him excel and um fulfill his role so even before my role as women's life director my role is to to honor my husband and to be his helper and to honor his role as as pastor Uh, that that's different for women who are married to someone who's got a different role and so maybe your husband is a police officer Uh, if that's your position if you are married to a police officer then your role is to respect that role and as much as possible not to do anything to hinder him in his role that might mean that you have to be more flexible with your schedules you have to be aware that maybe he's not going to be home every Christmas even when you have young children that's part of his role and instead of whining complaining about that you free him to do his role as a as an officer or maybe his shift is supposed to end at 7 a.m in the morning and you're expecting him home by seven thirty, but maybe he ran into a case and he's not able to be home at 7 so don't complain and whine and get mad at him for that know his role and seek to honor that obviously there's boundaries within that and if his his job as a police officer becomes more important to him than his role as as husband and father there might be an opportunity for conversation but in general honor his role and and be a blessing to him be a a woman who frees him up to do that well and I think single women can do this too you don't have to be married in order to honor other people and each one of us has people in our life that we can honor so rather than seeking honor for yourself seek to honor those who have been placed in your your life maybe it's your family how can you honor your mother your father how can you honor your brother or sister or the people that you work with are you seeking glory for yourself or are you actually seeking to honor them to highlight the qualities and benefits that they bring to your work or even within the church instead of you know striving to make it all about you continue to honor and bless those that you are in ministry with and in those who are you are ministering to and so I think it's it's very much about first of all living a life that honors God first and foremost and then seeks to honor the people that are in your life Uh, as a wife um, I'm just going to touch on this once uh, more a little bit one of our major roles is to be a helpmate as it talks about in Genesis two. And we did that in another podcast and I've already brought that out a little bit, um, in, in your question here about how we can be the crown of our husband. But I think really, uh, understanding that role, we are, are made to be his helpmate. That's not a form of weakness. It's actually strength to be able to bring honor to our husbands. And as I preparing for this I was thinking about how there's just been a few times it's not as if it's a dominant thought or a dominant quality that I see all the time but there are at times that I see even in the Christian life uh, a form of Christian feminism that I think we have to be regularly fighting against and aware of we need to be alert to what's happening in the culture around us including our our Church culture. When I had children, uh, I believe there was a form of Christian feminism in uh, in in the reality of of seeing Christian women seeking to find power and independence and control by being major breastfeeding advocates. Uh, now, don't get me wrong; I am very much for breastfeeding. I think it's the best. Um, way to feed our children if we're able to but I also recognize that some women might struggle with that or there might be hey, in the in the uh uh, the opportunity where someone has the opportunity to adopt a baby you might not be breastfeeding or if you are struggling with that uh, let's be careful about that yes breastfeeding is a way that God has made our bodies to naturally be able to feed our children but there's a fine line between um, praising God and using what God has given us to be able to um, nurture and feed our children and becoming women who, who seek power through that. Uh, I would say maybe at this point, I, I, I don't know if I have a, a clear description of it yet, But I think there might be a a new form of Christian feminism taking shape that I I want to be alert and aware of. And maybe it's already been going on for a long time and I just haven't really thought about it. But I think right now natural birthing is a huge uh, area to be aware of. And once again, I'm all about natural birthing. If you can have your baby naturally without taking medication or even if you want to have your baby at home hey that's that's great that's how women in the past would have always done it but we can't find our womanhood or our um, power or our worth through natural birthing there are opportunities or there are exceptions there are times when that's not possible or that's not the best option And we don't want to make women who are in that situation feel like they are less than. Once again, I think obviously I very much am for breastfeeding and I think it's a good thing. I am for natural birth and I think it's a very good thing. And there are things that we should strive for, but they can't become our God. They can't become forms of self-righteousness. They can't become forms of self-empowerment or... Uh, ways where we tell our husbands to take the back seat and I I just encourage women to think about this because I don't think most women that are um, advocating for these things are necessarily thinking about that and so I'm not here to uh, condemn anyone that um, you know maybe on, on um, you know maybe taking these things too far but I just want to encourage you to challenge yourself have you um become so much of a breastfeeding advocate or have you become so much of a natural birthing advocate that it's actually become a little bit of a god for you or a bit of an idol for you where this is the one area where you think you can actually tell your husband to take the back seat and where you are boss and your husband doesn't actually have the right to tell you or lead you or guide you in this because after all He's a man. He'll never experience that. Um, There might be extreme forms of that, but maybe there's just little fruits of that kind of an attitude creeping up in some of the women that think they're doing the best thing, but they're actually trying to be their own boss. And so I just encourage women to, to consider that remember that you are his helpmate you're to bring him glory and honor don't take something as beautiful and natural and god-given as breastfeeding or birthing to make it all about you and to actually take power back to yourself rather than continuing to um, allow your husband to be the leader the influencer the lover of 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 you and your children. Uh, Even these things that only you can do are not situations where you need to or should be telling your husband, get out of my way. This is my, this is my spot. This is my time to shine, my time to have power. Um, So yeah, just something, little trends that I'm beginning to see that I think we need to be aware of and so just a couple more things I think we already kind of mentioned this but we're not here to bring shame to our husbands let's not belittle them and that means uh, um, we shouldn't be gossiping about them unnecessarily we shouldn't be bad-mouthing them we shouldn't publicly be reprimanding them if we have something to say let's say it in private not in public Um, also in in regards to shaming it our behavior affects them and so the things that we say on social media or how we act in public or the way that we relate to other people that that's a reflection of who they are and so we want to be careful We want to make their role as husband easy not difficult and uh, and so yeah you know what like this is very countercultural, but we should be more concerned about honoring him. Than looking for honor ourselves and let's just remember that
0: that's that's good yeah i hadn't considered um, birthing and breastfeeding in that way before so definitely, definitely some food for thought there um, so my next question Susie, is um, what do you think that churches can do to help prepare women to be godly wives and how can parents raise their daughters
1: to be more like this woman yeah good question especially being that you and I are both in uh, ministry Mm -hmm. to women here at our church Uh, good things to think about and I think one of the um, things that we seek to do here is to model to them what strength and valor what excellence looks like we aren't just about uh, looking like a traditional um woman or any woman from any particular era of life we really do seek to look to God's word and to live that out and uh, a woman of excellence knows how to restrain her strength so there's times when she is going to be strong and where she's going to be bold and courageous and then there's other times when she's going to restrain that and she's going to be quiet and meek and uh, wisdom tells us when to do either one of those right and so we have to be willing to talk about these things. Uh, I think in the past, churches sometimes uh, made errors by not talking about womanhood, not talking about the strengths and weaknesses, the challenges. They just um, didn't want to talk about it because they thought it was shameful, or maybe they didn't want to talk about it because they didn't want to offend anybody. But I think we have to talk about it. I think talking about it helps us to process and to redirect and to really help shape our minds and so we want to build into um, other generations we want to have relationships with women that are older women that are younger than us I think we also want to be forward thinkers Proverbs also talks about being prudent prudent being a prudent person is someone who cares and responds to uh, the future they're not just thinking about now but they think about what lies ahead and and that helps us to respond to issues before they even become issues. And so that's why even when I was talking about some of the trends in, in what Christian feminism can look like, it, I don't have it all clearly figured out yet, but I'm seeing some of that. And so I want to be thinking about that already. Uh, another thing I've been thinking about is Because I think many of our churches have been too quiet about biblical womanhood, and um, we've allowed the world to shape our minds, resulting in many women growing up in the church being more concerned about career and status and finances and looks than they are about marriage and mothering. We're talking about it more, and we're, we're getting louder about these things. We uh, we want to reinstill a biblical mindset in, in the women that are growing up in our church. But at the same time, I know that as we get louder about these things, it can be hurtful to me- women who are not married or who are not mothers. And the last thing I want to do is hurt women who are not married or who are not mothers. But I have to be strong enough to to not be silenced by that we still have to to speak on these things because the bible talks about these things and the the bible has god has uh created men and women to be married and to be fruitful and to multiply and so we can't be quiet about these things uh we've allowed the world to uh take over and to talk with these things for far too long and uh women are told that we need to just uh, be be powerful and to to make the most money that we can and to be the most influential that we can and influential means like how much social media recognition are we getting who, who how many followers do we have and has devalued the life of women who are our mothers and who are at home and who aren't making a big paycheck uh, they have devalued it because there's a price tag to being a mother and a wife. Not not necessarily just financial, but you give up on a lot of things that society deems to be powerful. And so we have to reshape women. We have to talk about these things again. But as we do, I've just been challenged that uh, we need to also as we rejoice with the women who are getting married and are having children we also have to grow and be better at and to consider how we can weep with those who weep we have to get more vocal about that more obvious about that and so one of my goals this year in our church for our women is uh, to increase and continue to grow in our voice for mothering and marriage but then at the same time, get louder and more concerned about those who are weeping, who are grieving, because they aren't married or they aren't mothers. And um, and so, yeah, I, it's just one of those things that I, I think I want to get better at and talk about more as well. It's not just one or the other. I think we have to do both well. And so I think, um, yeah, it's it's a delicate subject that we're still learning and growing in. Mm-hmm. I know it's been something
0: you and I have talked about um, a bit lately. I know it's been on your mind a lot about um, being able to minister um, to women who are weeping or who are lonely. And um, I don't know if you have any insight of how we can better encourage some of these women.
1: Yeah, and so one of the things I was thinking about even in regards to Proverbs um 31 verse 10 where it talks about uh, an excellent wife who can find I think first and foremost I just encourage women to consider the most important word here is excellent. That that be, that comes before wife. And so our our goal first and foremost is not to become a wife, but to become excellent. And so regardless of whether you're married or not, whether you have children or not, let's strive for excellence in the biblical um, definition of excellence. We want to strive to live for God's glory, not man's glory. We want to be rare women. that. Primarily live not to please a husband but to honor God, and therefore all women should strive to be rare. And so, as I was thinking about this, um, to be rare is is kind of exciting. It's it's exciting to think about that, um, but that it also it means it's rare. It's not common. So if you're trying to follow status quo, if you're trying to be like everybody else, you're not going to be a rare woman, and. Um, you're going to be missing out on what God has called you to be. Uh, and so let's embrace the fact that God has created men and women to be married, to be, to be fruitful and to multiply. And to know that because of that, many of the commands in God's word, many of the directives we find are to married women. But there are exceptions. And let's remember that these exceptions are not mistakes. God uses the unexpected. And so the woman who is humble and surrendered to the Lord can do and will do great things for his glory, regardless of whether she is married or not. And so let's remember that in fact, the unexpected stands out. Let's not feel that because um, most of God's directives when it comes to women can be focused on being married or being mothers. Let's rather remember that God has and will continue to use the unexpected. How many times in God's word don't we see that? And so instead of feeling sorry for yourself or feeling less than, I think we want to ask, um, what does god want me to do how can i make his name great in my particular season of life i found a quote by linda or laura Wiffler whiffler uh, that says it's a good practice for us to pause and ask the question what is my purpose here what will make a meaningful life is it as they say the pursuit of your dreams dreams and achievements aren't necessarily bad or wrong In some cases, they help propel us toward kingdom goals. But what makes a meaningful life in the kingdom economy? Investing in eternal things. And so, whether you are married or not, whether you have children or not, I just encourage all of us to invest in eternal things. Invest in what will last. And when you do, when you ask yourself, What is my purpose? The answer does not always have to be to be married or to have children. If God blesses you with a husband, that is your purpose. If God blesses you with children, that is your purpose. But if you don't have a husband or you don't have children, you have just as much purpose and meaning as anybody else. You just need to ask, what is it? Ask God to show you how you can specifically in your Um, specific season of life invest in eternal things and I think as you diligently seek him you will see that you have an abundant life that there is no boringness or mediocrity that um, you are meant for you are meant to live a life that is abundant in Jesus name and so you have to be very careful we have to be very careful not to feed ourselves lies and those lies can come from either media the world or the lies can even come from our own uh, sinful uh, presumptions or beliefs that we have and uh, whether it's a lie that says you have to follow your own dreams and it's all about you just become successful um, be the best that you can be and let everybody praise you Let's ignore those kind of lies, but let's also ignore lies that say, well, the married woman has more opportunities, the married woman has more blessings, the married woman is more recognized, if only I could be married, if only I could have have children, I, I, I would be more blessed if I was, and maybe I'd have more status if I was married, or I'd have more friends if I had children, whatever lies it might be, it can be one extreme or the other. Um you know what the lies are. We know what our own personal lies are. We have to replace them with truth. And we will become whatever we feed ourselves. So if we feed ourselves those kind of lies, that's who we're going to become. But if we feed ourselves with the truth of God's word, if we remind ourselves that first and foremost, our identity is in Christ, that it is him who gives us worth and purpose and mission, then we will live in accordance with that we will live as if we are worthy women as if we are excellent women as if we are women who have a purpose and a mission uh it's not going to be so much about whether we have a husband or not or children or not no we're going to live for the glory of god and as we do we will see that it is an excellent thing and we will continue to work towards growing in excellence and uh just like we already talked about a few times a diamond is not um, something that just happens it, it forms over pressure and and high temperatures we too will be formed as we endure as we press in as we go through trials and as we lean into the Lord through it all, he will help us to be that excellent wife. So let's not be overwhelmed or discouraged thinking, oh man, I'll, I'll never get there. Or woe is me. You know, everyone else seems to be excellent, but I've got all these flaws. There's so much for me to work on. No, one one step at a time, allow Christ to transform you. And you too, all of us can be moving towards being an excellent woman, a woman who is rare. Let's make more women rare let's be rare kind of women and so you can know that you are living for the glory of god regardless of um the position that you're in live for him every day and you will be a benefit you will be a blessing you will be a rare woman
0: that was a great a great note to end that on and um I'm encouraged, and we hope that this conversation has been beneficial to all of you, that instead of being intimidated by what seems to be an impossible standard, that you have instead been inspired and strengthened in your devotion to the Lord. And that as we follow this example from Scripture, that we would we will find blessing and that we would be a blessing to others. So please join us again in a couple of weeks as we look at Proverbs 31, verse 11 and how to apply this in today's context. Join us again in rebuilding biblical womanhood from the foundation up.